Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the director of formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I am Reverend Rebecca DeNovo, and I am the rector, very new rector, here of St. Dunstan's Episcopal Church in San Diego. So exciting that you're here. Have you you. ever been on the podcast before? I've never been. It's my first time. Oh, my God. How did it take so long? I don't know. That's too long. Well, thank you, Rebecca, for being here. So Thanks exciting. for having me. And we are inside this large wooden ship. <laughs> and we're at St. Dunstan's. Mm-hmm. We're in the sanctuary. We're up in the chancel. We're excited to be here. Faith to go on the go. As we are sitting here in your ministry context, your new ministry context, mm-hmm. would you tell us a little bit about St. Dunstan's about your ministry here, about, you know, what's been going on in yeah. this short amount of time. Yes. What's happening? <laughs> Mostly. I mean, well, I, I launched in right before Holy Week. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this has just been kind of strap in and go. What's been fun is just getting to know this community here. It's in the San Carlos community. Currently, the whole area is sort of going through a bit of a change with lots of new families moving into the area. There's just a lot of exciting things happening around the community here. Mm-hmm and a lot of opportunities to do more in the community. I know when I was looking and praying about the call here, that was super exciting to me because there is a clear passion or desire to do more outside the walls of the ship, so to speak. Seeds have been planted. The thing that's on my mind right now is partnership with the high school, Patrick Henry High School, mm-hmm. that's right here. There's been some great creation care, overlap with ministry there. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it because tonight I get to go and present scholarships to several seniors who were chosen that the church here sponsors scholarships for seniors going to college. And so I get to be a part of this award ceremony. It's a wonderful opportunity to let everybody know, like, hey, we're this church and we're across the street from you mm-hmm. and we care about you. That to me just speaks volumes about this, this church community and their passion to do more and to be present to the wider world. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love yeah. it. Yeah, really fun to get to go there tonight, too. It is. I'm really, really happy. It'll be joyful energy in that room. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing we always like to ask our guests is where they saw or felt God's presence in the last week. We also, you have the option of mm-hmm. saying where you did not feel God's presence <laughs> in the last week, yes. a moment of consolation or desolation. Yeah. The thing that comes to mind is, you know, so starting in a new ministry context, one of the first things you notice are all the things that aren't there or that you need, that you don't have, and sort of the gaps. And so what I've, I've seen God active is in the people here, and let me just say this, I think this happens in every church. This isn't necessarily unique. There's those moments where you notice the need. You sort of, like, put the need out to God, And I consistently find in the church that somebody appears and presents themselves who can help meet that need. I mean, it's happened so many times in so many ways, and it's been happening in the last few weeks here at St. Dunstan's. I know it's not just coincidence. It's a God incidence. It's happened everywhere. I mean, one really stellar example was at a church in Oregon where the vestry and I had been talking about the need for a preschool. Within a week, a new member came to church presented herself to me and said, I'm looking to start a new preschool. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, it's like those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So this week, there were several areas of ministry where I was feeling some angst, like we really need some support here in a pastoral care area. We really need some support here related to a children's ministry piece. 
and and then in a worship piece, like three things that were were very much on my mind, and lay that out to God, and quite literally within a two week period, somebody came to me and said, "Hey, you know, I'm really feeling this need to do this," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Oh, amazing, mm-hmm. perfect, perfect timing," and you know, it's just very much seeing God active and just planting seeds in people's hearts and being present for the need that needs to be met. I just think God's so faithful that way. The reminder to just wait on God, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you wait a long time. It's right. Not, Hard but, waiting. Hard. But, but sometimes it's just right there. So yeah. that's been beautiful, seeing people stepping up, yeah. just offering themselves. I have always said that I find God to be a shoulder tapper. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Right? Yeah. And so like uh-huh. all those instances to me, it's just this beautiful visual of like the little taps on the shoulder of like, oh, Here's something new for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as always, we would love to hear from you all if you have God sighting, a constellation, or a desolation when you couldn't, when it was hard to feel God's movement in your life. We'd love to hear about those or anything about your ministry context that you'd like to share with us. Any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion? We'd always love to hear from you. There's a lot of ways to get in contact with us listed in the description for the podcast. And now we're going to transition to talk about actually the reading from Acts. There will be a gospel this Sunday. There is. And we've actually talked about it on the podcast recently. We've talked about the entire Bible on the podcast at some point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Just so you're gospels. absolutely right. <laughs> if you want to hear us talk about the gospel for Pentecost, keep scrolling way, way, way down to the Pentecost episode from years past. But we are talking about the Acts reading for this Sunday, Pentecost in your A. Charlotte will read it. I'll give a little bit of context, and then we'll each have a point. The reading is Acts 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall have visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show potence in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. 
The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You think they were drunk? Not at 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's what Peter said. I know. He's talking about moon turning red and blood and fire and stuff. We are venturing into Acts, which we usually are not anything other than a gospel. So as we know, Acts is like part two of Luke's gospel, same writer. We're still in the very beginning of it, chapter two, the very first verses of chapter two. The only thing that's happened so far is Jesus' ascension and then the picking of of a new disciple uh, to replace Judas, wah, wah. After this, there's actually a lot more of Peter talking to the crowd. The description of this first community of people sharing all things in common. That's the end of chapter two. That's where we are in Acts. Jesus has just left the building and the Holy Spirit has entered in divided tongues of fire. And Charlotte has the first point. I do, but before I start, does anybody wonder about like when the flames were on their head? Was anybody like, your head's on fire? Right. <laughs> like a Pepsi yeah. commercial. Yeah, yeah, like stop, drop, and roll, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it popped to me as I was reading today. I'm like, why does nobody ever like name the fact that somebody went around and was like swatting their heads to put out the right. flames? Right. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. They knew those were holy flames. They were saying, get me a towel. Give me a wet towel. <laughs> In just a bunch of different languages. (laughs) All right. Now, to my point. Okay. So I was thinking about this part that we have right here at the end of the first paragraph, where it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. As I read through it this week and I was thinking about it, it was particularly this word filled that stood out for me. And I think that you know, as somebody that fills my water bottle, fills my cup, fills my body with healthy foods, fills containers full of sand for godly play, I fill things on the regular. You usually think when you're filling something that it is empty or it is almost empty when you think about it. But when you consider these people being filled with the Holy Spirit, none of us are empty. We are filled already. (laughs) (laughs) with Mm -hmm. other stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Like in addition to blood and bone and muscle and all of the things that are within our body, we also have all of our lived experiences. We have the junk we bring to the table, right? The things that are our gifts and abilities that we can share with others and the stuff that needs some attention that maybe we're working on and maybe we're not, our lived life experiences. And certainly the disciples had some complicated life experiences lately Mm -hmm. um, and probably some emotions that they were still processing and dealing with and all of this. So if you're going to then be filled with the Holy Spirit, well, then what happens to everything that is already inside of you? What does that filling do to what is living within you, in your brain, in your heart, in your spirit, the way that that manifests in your body? Like, what does being filled with the Spirit do to a person? And I think that we see it in one way, and I know you're going to talk more about that later. We see that manifest in one way with their ability to speak different languages to other people. But certainly I've had interactions with people in my own life where it has felt like a spirit-filled conversation. And the person, oh, kind of like your God sighting a little bit, the person who I was in conversation with was able to offer me the words and the comfort and the peace of God that filled areas of me that felt broken. And I think that that is some of being filled with the Holy Spirit and some of the ways in which we share it with each other. Because what happened here in this 
is not the end of the story, right? Like we always talk about this, that the gospel is intended to inform our own lives and how we journey throughout this world, how we walk with God and how we walk with Jesus. And so as we minister to each other and we minister to the world, we are God's presence to each other. And and we have this opportunity to be filled with the spirit and to share it with one another. And not just the ways in which we share it with each other, because sometimes maybe we like to help other people more than we like to help ourselves. The opportunity to consider how we invite God and the spirit in to fill us for our own personal transformation. Those opportunities to like soothe our own rough edges and to grow And it's not always comfortable. It's not always going to feel good. Sometimes it is calling us to reckon with something that we have shut behind a door and don't really want to look at anymore or a way in which we have caused harm inadvertently and that we have to like think about our responsibility in that and how we choose to walk forward differently. But I think that there's this beautiful opportunity to consider what it means to be filled with the spirit and how that transforms us as people and our relationship with the world. Also that you don't have to empty yourself mm-hmm. to be filled with the spirit in a sense. It's like God's going to do what God's going to do with what you've already got. Yes. Like just what Jesus said in the farewell discourse, you have what you need to do what I've asked you to do. So, yeah. you know, and the spirit is just coming alongside <laughs> whatever you have, you know, amplifying your... And can use it all. Yes, yeah. The good and the messy. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, you've got the second point. Yes, I do. I was looking at this text. I, I What just struck me was this, the opening, which is they were gathered in one place. And we're at a time where we're like almost never all gathered in one place. And when I think of worship, since pandemic, you know, we've been doing live streaming and lots of remote kind of worship opportunities. And that's wonderful and good. And, you know, we can sing the praises of that. But like, we just can't neglect that gathering together in one place I keep thinking, you know, it's so important to community. And how do we call people back into worship? I mean, there's reasons not to be there at times, but can we make that a priority, realizing that in this story, it's when we're gathered in community that the Holy Spirit descends and does the Spirit's work. And so coming together as a community, being gathered in one place, coming to actually be present to each other in church, in various programs or activities or anything where we're doing the work of God. It's just so important to be together. And not only that, but that when the Spirit descends upon the community, they're then empowered to speak these different languages, which to me reminds me that the church has this role to provide clear communication you know, to, you know, speak through the Babel, because this sort of moment is the opposite of the Tower of Babel, when no one can understand anybody because they're all speaking different languages. We live in a time of so much Babel with the information that comes at us all the time, contradictory, some of it fake news, just whatever it is. And the church has this ability to sort of speak through all that in a way that people can understand, that the Spirit is providing truth through the sharing of the good news in a way people can hear, comprehend, and understand. And like, don't we all just desire that? Don't we just desire to be able to understand and get some clarity in our world about truth, about reality, about what God is up to, and to sort of bring that gift into the midst of our very chaotic world and all the babble all around us. And that God does it, again, through community. It's not just like one person, like some guru who had it, 
It was like they all were empowered to do it together as they were gathered in one place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm always struck by that idea about the Tower of Babel thing. I'm glad you said that. In the Babel story, we have this, this idea of like God dividing language so that no one can understand each other, which means that it seems like God could then have the power to reverse that thing. Mm-hmm. And the gift of the Holy Spirit, like in this moment of Pentecost, God doesn't homogenize language, but gives people the capacity to talk to each other across different languages, you know? Yes. So like God preserves diversity, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I love, I always love that idea, holding it next to Babel. Like yeah, that. yeah. And mine's similar to yours, thinking about this communal aspect. I was struck by the line at the end of the very first paragraph. Well, we all only talked about the first paragraph. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. Maybe next time. (laughs) We can have a part two. We can talk about the blood moon another time. Yeah, thinking about the the last line, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. What struck me today was this idea that maybe, you know, instead of just all of them like speaking in these random tongues and then people hearing whatever language was their own language, I was thinking about it like each of them was like given a different language to speak so that collectively they were able to speak to all the people but individually they were only able to speak to like a certain group of the people gathered and i love that idea because it's like it's something very communal and participatory then about the holy spirit i think this idea of like the holy spirit filling us or having like the powers of the holy spirit or having some sort of having this like a moment of like speaking in tongues or something can be a very individualistic thing like you're saying, this is a thing that only happens in community and that the spirit is meant to be experienced and expressed in that communal way as well. I think it also is part of this idea of the divided tongues of fire. It's this one spirit that's being divided amongst the 12 of them so that they're all participating in this one Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, it's not 12 Holy Spirits filling them each separately. Mm. It's them all participating in the life of this one Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit is this divine connector, you know, this incredible power of God that connects people and empowers them to do these amazing things in the world. And that then, like, they each have their own one specific thing, this their one specific language that they're empowered to do, so that they can do what they've been called to do only because they are together in community. And that, like, it's okay for none of them to be all the things to all the people. Like, it's okay for them to specialize in this one language. <laughs> I love that idea, like just thinking about our vocations and like the ongoing discernment, even like our just lifelong discernment. Yes, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, all these gifts and like things that we can do, but it is really the Spirit that directs those gifts as the Spirit gave them ability. It's the Spirit that decided which languages they were going to speak. It's the Spirit that decides, you know, which, which way our, our gifts will take us. But that's the best thing about the Holy Spirit is that you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. And it will move more efficiently and better and in the right direction, more than I'll be able to decide for myself. And so, so much about this, about like being present with ourselves, being present with our communities, recognizing that we are part of a whole, that we are taking part in the life of the Holy Spirit. We're taking part in the life of the world, of the community of the world, and that we might have one specific thing to do in that life, but we don't have to be responsible for everything. (laughs) And so that is a comforting feeling for me. When I get most anxious is when I think about all the things I should be doing that I'm not. And when I feel most grounded is when I'm really feeling like I'm doing my one thing that I've been called to do. And that's enough. And that's enough, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... That's what I was thinking. 
I love it for today. You. Thank you. It's funny, like sometimes you say something that makes me, I'm over here writing notes or something that I want to respond to something that he said, but I just was absorbing it today. Um, the conversation kind of gave a whole picture today, even though we only did one paragraph. That's all you need, folks. Just three verses. <laughs> we can skip the rest of that reading. Yep. No, we cannot. Split them up and knock them down. Those were our three points for today. Point number one was Charlotte's about this idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit. When I mean, we are already filled with all these, all these things, but the Holy Spirit you know, comes alongside all of those things, empowers us to transformation, to self-awareness, to, um, to integrate all these, all these things that fill us up. Rebecca's was number two, and it was about the importance of gathering, uh, the importance of, of community and gathering in one place. And mine was like unto it, thinking about our participation in the life of community, our participation in the life of the Holy Spirit, that it is the Spirit that connects us and empowers us and, and gives us our, our thing to do in the world. So having heard those three points, we'd love to hear what your point would have been if you'd been on the podcast this week. We'd also love to hear any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection anything about your ministry context or God citing or not citing consolation mm -hmm. or desolation that you'd like to share with us, you can get in contact with us in any of those ways listed in the description of this episode. We'll be back next week to talk about the gospel for Trinity Sunday. Thank you so much. Thanks Rebecca. for having me. Yeah, this is well, great. Thanks so for coming fun. here. I was going to say, and thanks for having us yes. because yep. we got to come here. Yes. Yeah, yep. in the boat. So excited. <laughs> and until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody. Well done, you're a pro. <laughs> Thanks. Good job. <laughs> that was that good. That was great. It, yeah. You know what? We should have practiced the conversation with these things on and the mic in front of me. Because as soon as I did that, I was like, this is so intimidating. <laughs> oh, my gosh, oh, you I didn't sound this. intimidated no. at all. <laughs> no, I was just feeling that like, no. I, I know. Really I it's so weird. <laughs> it is really weird. Yeah.